Okay, here we are now, the final fucking week, the final countdown to the greatest hardcore show to ever come to Detroit, in a long time anyway. I can't believe it. It's finally here. Everybody has put so much work into this. Um, major shout out to Jeff and Ramona, Black Iris Booking. They have, they have come so fucking far. They have been hard hitters in the game and the hardcore game in Detroit and all over the place for a very long time. Ramona, Ramona is the one who is solely responsible. Well, her and Jeff for helping me get my two latest podcasts. And I need to put that credit out there because, um, obviously one of my biggest two podcasts that I have done to date, and they are two that are very, very special to me because they are both two of my favorite bands for the longest times and that needs to be said and needs to be out there that without her or Jeff, those would have probably never happened. So thank you for that. She has, you know, been the agent for bands such as trapped under ice, Ramallah death before dishonor. And the list goes on. She is a force to be reckoned with in Detroit hardcore. And she gets so much credit for this whole fucking thing. She has worked tirelessly day in and day out for months alongside of Jeff and a lot of help from the boys at Tied Down and Edgeman Printing. They have collaborated on this enormous show to celebrate 25 years of Born to Land Hard and a reunion, comeback, whatever you want to call it, for Cold is Life. And there's so many bands coming from all over the place to support the celebration and show how much they are truly loved. So, with that being said, in this episode, the first half is with Jeff and Ramona. We do, you know, kind of a deep dive on uh, Ramona's past and what their future plans um, are, 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 are full of. And then the second half hour, we introduce all the band members. I was fortunate enough to go to one of their practices and sit in and, uh, oh, fuck, man, it's going to be... It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a fucking good time. They sound better and heavier than ever. And I cannot wait to hear it on the big stage. I have not been fortunate enough to see a version of Cold as Life that had Jeff on vocals. I shall say no more about my opinions on this uh, collaboration of highly talented musicians from the Detroit area. It doesn't get any better than this. Um, you don't want to listen to me talk. You just want to hear this episode. Uh, I recorded it in two different locations, so the audio is not the exact same. It sounds great. I don't want to hear you guys bitch. This is DIY, okay? I don't got agents and money, expensive computers, expensive microphones. I'm not explaining it to you, but this is DIY. This is fucking hardcore. Thank you, everybody who's listened and have been there with me for since day one. You know, Cold as Life was my first first episode I dropped almost three years ago. And Jeff and I have definitely had a relationship grow. I did not know him prior to this. I've known who he was, but we have never came in contact. So um, he's a solid, great guy, as real as they come. I couldn't ask for a cooler relationship with somebody I look up to as a musician and just a a hardcore dude with the with same bullshit going on in life as everybody else. 
So for him to turn everything around with his past, the shit he's done that's out there in the open, it is truly remarkable. We all have our demons. We all struggle. We all make shitty decisions sometimes. And some of us, you know, we never stop. Others, they get it together. Some takes longer than others. I know some people who are still fucked up after 50, 60 years of life. So with all of that being said, thanks again. If you're not coming out to Detroit, you are surely missing out. And um, come party, come hang. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you. And I will definitely be putting out the video portion of this. I'm having some issues syncing up the audio to the video because I recorded it on two different programs. So dealing with that as of now shouldn't be a problem. Hope to have it to you by the end of the week because I know some people like the video. All right. Thank you. Bye. Here we are. What's happening, Rob? What's up? Jeff and Ramona. Fucking power couple of Detroit hardcore. <laughs> um, So... I just want to say, almost three years ago is when I started talking to you about starting this podcast. I had uh, mentioned uh, the idea that uh, Detroit needed something. I've listened to a lot of other podcasts. Um, I'm hearing a lot of cool shit, you know, and uh, it kind of influenced me to start one. And um, I want to start it off with you because, you know, when you think of Detroit, hardcore, you think of Cold as Life and... uh, it just made sense to call it Terror Zone Podcast, and I was going to do that without permission. That'd be fucking rude. <laughs> that would be rude. So I was like, well, let me ask fucking Jeff. Just throw it out there. And you thought it was a cool idea. Um, you said, yeah. I was like, all right. I got your blessing. And fucking. Here it is. Here it is. Right <laughs> Full circle. We're coming back, man. Yeah. And, and, and I know. And with Ramona, um, ever since I started going to shows, it was, you know, hearing about either Cold as Life or Black Iris booking. Um, that's all I ever knew. You know, I first uh, started going to shows, like, who the fuck is, like, booking <laughs> all these cool shows? You see Black Iris booking. And what I remember is just seeing you at all the shows. You were either, you know, taking tickets or even behind the bar or fucking security at points, you know, settling people down. I've seen it all with you, you know? It was it was different when I was first doing shows. It was a few of us, like me and Chris Holland and Michael McDonald and Jeff Sanchez. Like, we all, when I was working for Live Nation, this was, like, after the working for Coda's Life in their office. I worked for them and Isham before I started doing shows. So, um, but when I started doing shows, it was, nobody else really wanted to do these shows. So, I did them, and these guys worked at the shelter, and, like, all the loaders were Jeff and... Tony Rome, like all friends, really good friends, Big Joey. So we all kind of policed it ourselves. Like I would do whatever to get the show done, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely don't like play security anymore. I try to stay as far back as I can to not injure any more body parts. But um, yeah, Alvin's was the one that I did the most. Some days it was like load in, door, bartend, settle. Be the last one to leave. Sometimes there was the infamous night where the guy came and took all of the door money. And I cried one tear, like when I wrote the check, the band. I owed him, like, I don't, it was his legend, and I probably owed him maybe $6,500 or something. And they had a sold out show. It might have been more, it might have been like 95. And a very large man 
came and took the door money from Chris Beer Wiener, who had oh, been yeah. working for me. He had shout we, out to Wiener. Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah. I love him. He'll be at that October seventh show. Fuck yeah, yeah. He's he's doing merch for them, and and um, but they took the door money, and I looked at the band and I said, "Well, I have fifteen hundred dollars in the bank," and what if they were like, "Well, save yourself." A hundred or two, oh. <laughs> and the, I cried another tear as I wrote, gave him the check, and and then I was didn't know what I was gonna do. And Perry took some shows to St Andrews, and then that was when the Magic Stick was like, "You want to come and do more shows here?" So I got really lucky and got to keep doing them. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, you know, I went out to my uncle's in Whitmore Lake and was like, "I'm done doing shows. I need a break." But yeah. next week we were. Back to it. <laughs> Is that when you became the full-time talent buyer at the stick? Yeah, well, not right away. Greg Bass stayed there for a while. And then after Greg, I got hired. That was one of those moments. Like, my mom, my mom, I don't know if you ever heard this story, Rob. Probably not. 50 most influential people in Detroit music scene, Metro Times did it. And, and when they did it, uh, I was in it. But it was alphabetical order. My mom thought, she's like, you are above Bob Seger. Or like right <laughs> under him. And I was like, mom, did you look at all of them? They're all in alphabetical order. <laughs> but thank you. But that was the biggest, like nobody had ever put me in something like that. But when I was booking for that place full time, I got that and a few other stories. But that was a big one. How did you... How'd you get into booking shows or hardcore in general? You know, you have to go all the way back, but like uh, when you started finding shows, where were you? Who were you well, hanging out with? And how'd you meet fucking these guys? <laughs> well, I always tell people, really, the hardcore bands are what make a new room. The hardcore kids are what make a new place work because they're the ones willing to take the risks. When I, I grew up in Livonia. I knew the Suicide Machine guys, and I knew Suburban Delinquents. I was waitressing up Bill Knapps and getting change to put out Sub-D's tapes. And um, I just stayed really close with Suicide Machines and Sub-D and Wrist Rocket and all of those guys. And then when Jay Buck got murdered, and he was one of my best friends, and everybody came together to do his benefit. Suicide Machines and cold, it was Suicide Machines headline, Cold as Life, and Suburban Delinquents, I think. So three bands that, I mean, the whole the whole thing from start to finish, it was all bands that loved us and we loved them. I had no idea how to do a show yet, but then you just like it gives me goosebumps, you know. You you don't know what to do, but you just have to do it. So we just did it. Me and one of my friends, Punk Rock Dave, we did most of it together. We put the lineup together. All of the rituals, girls, Maria, Maria, Julie, Deanna, everybody that worked there helped us. And that was how I learned how to do it. And then I got hired by Isham. <laughs> I think Oracle's like, I don't remember which was first, but after that show, that was when I think people were like, well, she can be thrown into anything and, and handle it pretty good most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. But yeah. So, and I'm, I love doing all parts of it. I love doing the shows, the hardcore, what I meant by like the hardcore is who makes a new room or like when Elvin's, when I was doing the shelter in St. Andrews with Live Nation, um, they didn't really give me credit or 
like I didn't get to pick what I wanted to do. So they didn't want to do as many shows as I wanted. So I asked, would you be okay with me doing shows at Elvin's? And they were. And like Matt Pike and Nick Storch and a few of the other agents really helped me. Like I did a Lucero show there. I don't know if you've ever heard them. I've heard the band, but I, I've heard of them, but I don't know who they are. They're, <laughs> they're great. Yeah. Oh yeah. He lo- it's not, I love that he loves them because okay. they are amazing. But you know, uh, a hit story about them is that they had the most bloodshed at their show than any hardcore show at Elvin's oh, ever. Damn. I mean, like, it mopping says a lot, it. then. Fuck. The BMX <laughs> And it's not even like, it's they're not country. like that kind of band like either. It's country, I didn't think country. it was. Country. It is. the But the BM, the kids, they smashed bottles on the stage, and then they smashed their arms on it, and it was like, wow. holy shit, you guys Hardcore. love this band. And I've loved them ever since. <laughs> they, I love everything they put out. Almost, they thought I was going to have Jackson on stage. I had him the very next day. I was so big and pregnant at oh that one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fucking Alvin's. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite places to go. Me it's like too. a nice, tight room. You know, you get it packed, whether there's 50 people there, it seemed packed. Right. Or, you know, so what was the cap there? Less than 200, probably, right? Um, I mean, I you can do whatever you want. I don't but... know what the legal limit was there. <laughs> but we. That's a lot. Do you know. Went past it. Do you know the. Um, a lot. <laughs> the show. What was it? It was. It was a van, a poster with a, two vans, maybe. It was Between the Buried and Me, Darkest Hour, Comeback Kid, maybe. I don't know. It was like four, just, it might have been Converge. I don't remember, but it was so packed. The walls were sweating. Oh, yeah. Band guys were getting off stage and puking in the alley, like just vomiting. And I was like, oh, my God, what do, I, do you want more water? What Can I do something? They were like, that was so sick. And I was like, oh, my God, you people are, I mean, I, that, I was like, it was, but are you sure you're okay, you yeah. know? And I remember one that always comes to mind when, like, a packed Elvin show. It was uh, Terror and Comeback Kid mm-hmm. and, and uh, Suffocate Faster. I don't know who else played. I, I think Sinai Beach was supposed to play, but they did not. And it was just, like, they said the walls were sweating. Mm-hmm. And just fucking people on top of people. Just... The perfect hardcore show, you know, when it's when overpacked, 105 degrees. I know it sucks, but at the end so of the night, you're too. just like... Those are shows you never forget. Yeah, man. Yeah. It really sticks with you. I remember going home. I was wearing a white... It's like a white t-shirt. Um, I forgot what band it was, but I just remember fo- I'm taking my shirt off and just having fucking footprints all over my back <laughs> and on my stomach just from people climbing and shit. And I wish I would have kept that shirt because that's like, you know, a lot of people are like... What the fuck? <laughs> and it's just that. We did times. We did a so off topic real quick, but we did a house party one time at Bird's house. Mm-hmm. All out war, blood for blood, cold as life. Oh my in, in a house, and the windows got <laughs> tore out of the house. The only reason I'm bringing this up because you said mentioned the footprints. Mm-hmm. There was footprints all over the <laughs> ceiling, <laughs> but that, the walls were shaking and sweating, and it was a great time. Man, I've seen pictures of that show, and I was like, mother. Fucker, uh-huh. like yeah. Only if I was there, man. Blood for blood in a living room. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Suffocate Faster is another one of those bands that has been around since the beginning, and I think that I'm. They're gonna be working with us in in the December. future for our Black Christmas. Oh shit! That's something to a little revelation there. That'll fucking bring the heat. They've and, always been. Fun sets. They all oh, they played so many sh- like shows at Elvin's with us, and I feel like they were on a few 
Chris told me the other day, Chris and I will just message randomly and he'll be like, Ramona, I was on that tour. And I was like, oh, I booked it. You know mm. what I mean? Like we forget, like, it's just funny. Or, I mean, even him and I, I mean, I had a first U.S. tour I ever booked alone was Ramallah and Death Before Dishonor and Mike Gayton and Brian Harris literally had to talk to me I think from the time we woke up till the time we went to bed because I did not want to get anything that wasn't enough I wanted him to make enough money for his family Mm -hmm. and that was a really big deal because you know I'd watched him you know cut trees all day come and load shows to take care of his kids and his family so I wanted to make sure you know when you get a door deal for a band like that I'm like I was so I, you know, I'd call them, I'd call the guys, they'd try to help and we would all work it. And it was the best, it was the most fun learning how to book a tour with those guys behind supporting me so much, you know? Hell yeah. So since we're there right now, uh, Ramona has built this beautiful monster, Black Iris, right? Like you said, all the good shows. She's got decades of history. She's built relationships, right? She's not like a, a, a regular talent buyer. She cares about this community and this culture. And she has gone to bat for bands that probably didn't even deserve it because she cares about this community and culture. That's why I think Black Iris um, has been so successful. She built it into a, a fucking beautiful monster that's got Detroit on its forehead. And everybody that comes to Detroit knows Ramona, knows myself, and we're doing it together now, but I think the reason why um, she has been so successful and adored by fucking all walks of life, life in the music industry is because she cares. She literally cares probably too much. <laughs> A little bit too much. Yeah. But there's so many people that fuck you. There, there goes the effort. You're fine. <laughs> but I mean, the venues, it's the venues are out for themselves. Most agents are. Most agents. I mean, there's a lot Oh, there's a lot of awesome agents and managers. It's more so like the venues, um, other promoters. Like I don't, I don't want to throw around more money. If a band wants to play with you, I want them to play with you. If a band wants to play with me, I want them to play with me wherever they want to play. If a band wants to play with all of us, I'm all about doing it together. If we can do it together in a way where we all work together well and respect each other and just get just get on the same page you know what I mean and I I don't think that I think that's the part is I'm a good middleman with the venues that's you it's learn good, it. it's yeah a good thing. you've got a good relationship with the band and the venues like you're golden like you can for sure make everybody happy at the same time you're still getting what you deserve because the effort you put in and that's diplomacy at its finest, too. Yes. Because if you're for a band, naturally you're not with the venue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's conflicting right mm-hmm. there. The venue wants most of the money. The band, the band wants to be taken care of, too. And mm-hmm. you can't play that without being a diplomat. I think that's sometimes what happened. Or I think that's part of the reason that Suicide Machines and I had a harder time with Black Christmas before. Because it... It hasn't always been um, treat. It is more dealing with the venue. Where now with AEG involved, we get to deal with another promoter and the venue, and everyone works together a little better, and everybody gets a little piece of the pie to make them happy. 
you know. So I'm hoping. And and that's what's going on October seventh too. We teamed mm -hmm. up. It's yeah. Black Iris. It's uh, Edgeman. Curtis Dalton from the um, Crowfoot and Jimmy Lawson from the Edgeman, and we've been collaborating and all working hard. And so mm -hmm. I, I like. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's blooming into a quite a monster of a show. I mean, like tied down alone was fucking awesome. Was. But yes, it was so you know, good. just with with like you guys are just. Like giants in the Detroit music scene, so it's cool to see you guys all come together. After I don't know, you've had a relationship with uh, Curtis for a very long time. You've known him fucking forever. I and, didn't uh, even realize we knew each other that long ah, until he <laughs> told me that I yelled it. That's so funny. I did yell it. I yelled it. I yelled a little more when I was booking tours because that's when you have to deal with the person that didn't get all the money through the door. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell them why they need to give Trapped Under Ice all their money. So I would have to yell a little. And that yeah. was the that was the only time that I ever had to get a little lippy. <laughs> but it worked out. It They made all their money. And it was their first full U.S. tour, I think. And now they're headlining. I mean, literally, that was like a moment. Felt like my little kids. Like, now that I have children, it's different. They're but, your little babies at one point, Trapped yeah. Under Ice. That, yeah, that's crazy. Like... You know, everybody looks at the band, but it's like, who pushed that band? There's people behind it. For mm -hmm. sure. Who There's pushed a whole it? Support network yeah, now. yeah, and it's just, but it starts with, with the, with the tour bookers, and you know, obviously it. the fans, people who like the shit, but like to get them in every city or whatever along the way, like the routing and the venue and like what scene is fucking big. That's the logistics are complicated. We There's have, a lot of logistics. I don't even want to think about it. There's a lot of bands so, that live in four different corners of the country now. Mm -hmm. And to logistically pull all that shit together, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it can get pretty intricate. That was what was kind of cool about bands like Trapped Under Ice or like Four Your Strong Love playing the stick with us. Things would like come up and all of a sudden we would have one less band and Trapped Under Ice would just jump on the show, you know? And there's it's funny because when the Michigan show flyers or mm -hmm. something. When I look at some of them, I'm like, oh my God, that was my show. How long ago? I don't even remember it, you know? But when I booked like a loss for words, that's Maddie that's in the world. Death before dishon Like we all help each They still all help us out. You know what I mean? Sure. So that is the part that it's been, a it's lifelong friendships that have meant so much, you know? That's the important part, I think, is that uh, it's not business. I mean, it's all about business for sure. Everybody needs to make money, right? Everybody needs to pay bills, but it's more about the relationships that have been forged over the years than the business aspect of things. That's and that's again why I think that Black Iris is so adored. That was how Black Christmas started. I was pregnant, living at my dad's house, and all these bands started calling me. I think it was like right before my birthday, which is October 21st. And so around Halloween time, they were all calling. Will you do my Christmas show? Will you do my Christmas show? Will you do my Christmas show? I was like, guys, I have plan on if I make it to one, I'm going to be lucky. Yeah. And I, I was like, all of us, are we're all that age, you know? And so I just said, how about I do all of you at the Magic Stick and the Majestic and pay you what you get for your own headline show. And let's have one show where all of our friends are together. And it was really, and that was, there is one of my, one of our friends, Jeff from Scholars and Telegraph, Sanguist, and he always used to give me so much credit for what I did, but it was not me. That's the difference. There was never, 
Ramona's show, it was all of my friends. And we were so blessed to have grown up with the people that we did. And still, like that we still love each other or it ended up like this. Never <laughs> in a million years would I have thought we'd be sharing a table together still. Right. It's hilarious. And, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, uh, you you know, you guys are uh, are joining forces to continue Black Iris. Um, what uh, can you delve into any any future ideas or uh, plans or adventures you uh, plan on? You know, because a lot of the bands you did after a while, so it wasn't necessarily in like the hardcore. Sometimes you know, is well, the crazy you know shit happens. You know, the Magic Stick, you're booking you know, everything. The Wonder Years were one of the biggest bands, and once <laughs> everybody got so big, they all. They all went to bigger agents. Sure, she's, she's done John. She's not just like hardcore, hardcore yeah. punk rock. She's done all kinds of stuff. Stuff that would blow people's minds. Mm-hmm. Wow! I tell them about the shelter when there was like five people for a John Legend show, wow. and I just opened up the door and sat and did the door. Or I I was working the door while watching the show, like to pay mm-hmm. him at the end of the night. And I opened the door just to watch it because it was like nobody in there. And this guy playing, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, yeah, I think... As far as future stuff goes, um, there's... Well, so December 30th, we're doing Black Christmas at the Stick. And And uh, Majestic. Yeah, the Majestic and the Garden Bowl. All three? There'll be three Mm -hmm. stages. Oh, shit, taking it back. The Garden Bowl. There's going to be, like, a punk stage, a hardcore stage, and then, like, maybe an alt stage, and there's going to be some good bands playing that night. I I, I want it to be a secret for right now. Yeah, we've been... Just because there's some big stuff in the works, but... Yeah, I've it's been talking be a to banger. Some, we've been talking to some thinking about Black Iris. We've been talking to some of the bands we used I used to book. Yeah. I talked to a few of them and the <laughs> interest has made me uh-huh. interested. Ah! And we've been talking about I've been thinking about like it would be nice. I'd like to book a band or two or three or four, but I would like to do it what we like and like something we can do together and build it the same way we did Black Christmas, you know? Yeah. COVID kind of um, put a break. I mean, it affected everybody in the industry from, you know, bands to agents to venues, and it put the brakes on everything for a long time. So there's been radio silence for the last few years um, with Black Iris, and Coldest Life was had a little more radio silence just because of other set of circumstances. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's I'm excited to put our foot back in the water and start getting some things happening but there's some there's some bands on the hook for this black christmas show that um haven't been here in a really long time that are that are gonna peel people's wigs back (laughs) i can't wait yeah i can't wait i can't wait i think a few of the people were like is that really you ramona and i'm like yes i want to book you on a show again but I used to book them full time. You know. There we go. So. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. I mean, I can. I can just imagine from what it, from what it used to be to what you kind of went into. You know, being the f- booking agent you are. There's so many other things for you to come back in hardcore and punk, and especially black. Or sorry, I'm black Christmas. Like everybody, I kind of had the impression that that was never going to happen again. Because wasn't there a last one? Or no, not. But there's never we, like a last one. No, we wished that we would have. We all kind of wanted to say that last one was the last one because it was a little more difficult. Yeah. I think it was the 
But it it wasn't that hard. It just was the first year that AEG was involved. Oh, okay. And, and then um, COVID hit. Yeah. Like right away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I had a sold out every time I die show the day COVID. I was like, Dave Daniel. He always would open the doors for anything. I mean, he never listened to the rules. Mm-hmm. We always went way over capacity for everything. Mm-hmm. And there were no rules followed, it felt like. But not that day. He was like, we're shutting down. I was like, oh. And I had, I think I had two shows. Between the Buried and me, it was sold out, too. And those were my only shows. But then COVID happened. And it was kind of like, I think it's time to regroup and focus on just what you love. Like, we're older now. We don't need to chase it. If they want to play with us, they're going to come to us. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. What was that? Uh, that barbecue. Oh, yeah. I like, we've been talking about that, too. The Blackout Barbecue one year. The year that Against the Grain played. I think it was, like, Against the Grain, Goddamn Gallows, Coffin Cats. And it was, we had the greatest art from Jason Abraham Smith, I think is his name. He did all black Christmas's posters. Oh, okay. And then he did one for Blackout Barbecue. And and we did free food for the first, like, 500 people and or whatever, till it ran out. And... So we were thinking about maybe doing a summer thing too, not at like a different time to time it out that it's not around and tied down, you know. But but to do something in the summer too. Yeah, it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Be fun. Um, would it be like an outdoor event, like somewhere? Well, or? when I did it the first time was the stick. So you did it at the stick, and then they grilled. I don't know if they still have a grill up there or food up there anymore, but then they grilled out on the patio, and that's where we did it. Nice. You know? But I would like to do one outside with. Our, I mean, we've been talking to Coffin Cats. I haven't brought it up to them in ages. But, like, you know, I really would love to do one again where it was outside, cars, bikes, and make it a real barbecue with old 60s cars and motorcycles, you know, lined up and down the streets That's while the music cool. is playing. I think that'd be fun. That'd, that'd be a good event for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the punk, hardcore and you know, the research, you know, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, of everything. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, shit, moving forward, I guess, you went through, uh, have your plans for shit afford with uh, Black Iris Booking. We got something to look forward to. It's October 7th. Yeah, man. Yes. I, lots of good bands. Like That's like almost my perfect lineup. Like Seriously. Honestly, I swear to God, if I was going to book, like if I can name 15 bands, that would be it. Minus Blood for Blood and Ramallah, because I know that's pretty much impossible. I wish. So, <laughs> so I got a hold of Rob, and he's not in a place where he wants to do music anymore, but we tried to get him. Yeah, hey, that's totally respectable, too. Told- you know, it sucks. Like, like fuck you, mm-hmm. Rob, but okay. <laughs> You're ruining it for everybody. <laughs> Selfish, but we no want kidding. the best for him. Yeah, and yeah, of but course. But shit, man. I miss, I would like to hear it, too. That uh, one time, at, I think Alvin's was the only time I ever heard it. So and when we practice every now and then, uh, me and Jesse will bust out in some Ramallah songs. Mm-hmm. And I just look at each other like, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, that. that was, I loved when they played at Alvin's. Yeah, 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 that was one, I've only seen them at Alvin's. That, me too. It was uh, Bloody Knuckle Combat's first show, is there, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember Rick and Jam were in that Jam, band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I but, still see Jam every now and then. Yeah, he still comes around, man. He's, yeah. he's, a good, he's doing good. good he's guy. fucking healthy and, yeah. you know just doing business but um 
What are some of your favorite uh, events that you put on, like, like hardcore-wise? Do you have any shows besides a Black Iris or oh. so, it's Black Christmas? Is there anything that stands out that, that you're really, really proud of? The show at, at Alvin's that was Between the Barrier to Me headlined, that it was so sweaty, mm-hmm. like the weather wall <laughs> perspiring. Um, the Attics at Alvin's gives me goosebumps. Well, I mean, Jay Buck's show is always going to be number one but i always think i know that he is watching like i didn't even know what this kind of music was when i met him he was younger than me and he would take me to the garden bowl i would be like ew i hate this punk rock i wore your bow jeans and had bangs out to here and i listened to 95.5 and was like Ugh, this crap sucks <laughs> and then eric z started doing shows and well when he was doing them I mean, to see Rancid and Bouncing Souls in a coffee house. That was when I was like, I loved it. You know, then I wanted to do it. But as the hardcore stuff, as I got older, it was awesome to watch bands like Hot Water Music and Avail, like Tim Berry and Chuck, to get to watch those guys. They did something, gosh, I can't even remember now what it was called. But they, I think it was Tim... Chuck and Dan Adriano from Alkaline, it was all three of them acoustic, and it was packed, and that was something that I will never, revival tour, I did both of them, and I mean, to watch people that have played such awesome punk rock and hardcore music do something else that you loved was really awesome, especially in the time of my life, you know, getting older and liking some of that stuff more, it was awesome. I don't know, it's probably different than my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, fuck, man. Cool. I was really lucky, too. I, I'm very grateful for what we did for all of our friends. I did a benefit show for, I think, every person that I ever was close to that got sick. My my whole family Livonia was such a weird city. Like we all, they all were Franklin kids, but my parents ended up knowing so many of the kids, or their parents, that we all knew each other. So like when our friend Megan had brain cancer, we did a benefit show for her, and Suburban Delinquents Telegraph played that one. And then when Emery passed away, I did one for Emery. I don't think there had been a time that I didn't help out or do a benefit for someone when they. You know, when we needed it. And we all, it was not me, it was all of us. We all pulled together and helped each other. And it felt good to help people with the expenses of what they had ahead of them. Jeff, do you remember how you guys all got involved, you and Ramona? um, Firstly, because she used to do shit for Cold as Life back in the day, right? Yeah. Do you remember how, how you guys got together and how she became part of the. The crew, you take care of shit for you guys? Well, we've known each other for a long time. Always respected, always loved each other. Um, I think the first time that we worked together, band and booking, was the Jay Buck benefit show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of ours got kicked to death in Atlanta. What year was that? 2000. 2000? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's been I, thought it was, I thought it was earlier than that. Uh, it, nope. Well, it's on my arm. 
Okay. What does it say? Two, it's 2000, right? Those two zeros? Yeah. <laughs> that's how I remember when I yeah. think I forget. But that's when we started working together. She kind of started getting her feet wet, and it shows after that initial show, Cold as Life was growing. We were always a DIY band, and it got to the point where we needed help from somebody that knew what they were doing. And we're the first person we called was Ramona. And she helped us uh, take Cold as Life to places that we couldn't on our own because we were a bunch of just a caveman, Cro-Mag, whatever. Hmm. But, and she was the business and the brains, and you know, so she helped us a lot. And um, that's how it started with us anyway. It was weird because... Guys still to this day say, don't you remember when you used to instant message me at Close Eyes office? And I was like, no, like, list. Well, I I don't call him Mike McDonald. He likes to be called now. Uh, but, you know, he's like, it was just funny. They all were like, I always messaged to try to get merch, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea who anyone was. I just was trying to keep up on merch orders. And and I I tried then to get them into in front of different people, which was really hard. It was like different crowds. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that'd go over great, I'm uh, sure. And I mean, I, I think Joe, I mean, Joe Hardcore even still was like, didn't want to try to put you with like, I forget what, like he called, like new metal or, but I, I did, I wanted them. I thought, holy crap, these guys have gone, they got so big on their own. I wanted other people to see them. New metal, some of that stuff didn't work so well. But well, was, we we did a couple of tour, like tours with like Shadows Fall, which yeah. was metal, and it, sure. went, it went over well. Yeah, and and it I was. I think you did all that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And it went. It was hard to get it started, but and everybody was a little hesitant at first because it was kind of they were so DIY, and I, I I was. You can't trust them. You can't fucking trust nobody. Huh? As soon as it's part of it, that you can't trust people. It's now. hard. Well, they didn't really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't used to that side of it ah. either. <laughs> but, yeah. That's fucking funny. Yeah, so that that's how we started. And then, um, you know, she was married, I was married. But there was always this, you know, this mutual love and respect that we had for each other. I I ended up going away. I got divorced. She ended up getting a divorce. And uh, when my daughter died, I reached out to Ramona because she's digitally savvy. And I wanted to get the music off of my daughter's iPhone to put a... A playlist together for her funeral service and that's when her and I like really reconnect well connected in a way that we hadn't before for one but really got serious and started really loving each other hey awesome yeah. cute little love story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard cute little love story and you in the same sentence yeah. <laughs> or me like, delete that <laughs> or no, me nothing either. cute about <laughs> Rob, you say a word. <laughs> Nobody's listening, I promise. No. And then, I mean, Stephen going forward, talking about, like, you can, uh, are you getting out and the like, COVID kind of ending? You started doing the podcast and shit. Um, and everybody's like, oh, for Jeff, for Cold is Live, everyone's fucking freaking out. Um, kind of surfaced back up. Um, did you, so, so looking back now, did you, think that this whole thing was like inevitable or has it been have you been thrusted by people and the and the demand into this or it was something you always always wanted or was hoping to well do rap it's like blended right yeah like uh music especially cold is life 
there's there's like four of them that aren't breathing anymore. Like it, it, it's it's uh not been all great. You know what I mean? There's a lot of tragedy involved. And when I went to prison, I never wanted to play music again. I was it left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, there was a lot of heartbreak uh, associated with cold as life and I didn't want anything to do with it but like you said when I got out there was people that would reach out hey what about this and what about that um, Roy and I connected with beasts from hate Inc and we were gonna start something new I wasn't gonna do cold as life we weren't gonna do hate Inc um, and we, we just started writing and just playing and uh, and uh, there started the, the offer started coming for cold as life so when we would get together to jam Roy or I or Beast would say, let's do this, let's do this, playing a song or two of Cold as Light. So we started playing them, and then the the offers got um, more frequent and more lucrative, and uh, it, it kind of, so it's blended. You know, it was kind of inevitable on one hand, but I didn't want to do it on the other hand, And but, but I think that the love of, I have for music and all the years invested in it, and the people that wanted to see it, I, I decided to finally do it. I think he was happy with both sides, too. I really liked... You could see the difference when he was just playing new stuff. Like, I hope that he gets to do more of that in between whatever, wherever Cola's life goes from here. I hope that... I liked seeing him that excited about new stuff. You know, he's just as excited about Cold as Life in the show. He's very excited about, but it was cool to see. It was cool to see him like excited about just jamming and it not being the old songs or the old stories. And you could see it in his face that it it lit a new fire, you know? Well, well, yeah. Uh, So I was, started writing with a, a cat named John Lucardello, who's a longtime Detroit musician. Uh, he's had numerous bands, signed to, some signed to major labels. He's a, a Detroit guitar phenom. I ran around and cold his life for decades with blinders on. Like, I liked what I liked. Like you said, those 15 bands that are booked mm-hmm. for the seventh, mm-hmm. that's how I was. I was like, I had blinders on. That's and I listened to what I listened to, with most liked what people. I liked, mm-hmm. and I didn't give a fuck about finding anything new because I liked what I liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, playing with this guitar player, um, he was light years ahead of me talent-wise. He, he and, played in, like, hi-fi hand grenades. Horse. Or, yeah. Like, way different stuff than what oh, yeah, okay. Jeff had been playing and, before. And he is a great guitar player. And, it, and getting together with him... It like opened my eyes to a lot of different ways to play the guitar. I mean, the fretboard is only this long, and every fucking song ever written is played between the last fret and the first fret. And I never, you know what I mean, deviated from the shit that I would play to play with him. It helped me as a guitar player and uh, opened my eyes up to some new new things on guitar. So that was always fun. I'd come home and I was excited to, to play new shit, different things, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I like to hear about that. It's like, uh, especially on, you did the Hard Lore podcast. Of course, I listened to it. And I heard you saying, like, when you were when you were locked up, you had no interest in even f- thinking about fucking music at the time. You said there was, like, a music room and shit if you wanted to, mm-hmm. but it, you just, you had uh, a grudge, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool. Like, once you got out, you know, you had kind of, reloaded dusted off all the shit and 
you know, just take it one day at a time, and right. here you are now. Um, fucking one day at a time for sure. One day, one, at a one time. bite at a time, <laughs> one <laughs> breath at a time. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> shit, you never know, man. <laughs> you never know. Right. But it's cool. Uh, a lot of people are like foaming at the mouth for it. You know, duh. You know that. Like people are going fucking nuts about it. Which, I. I, it brings me to fucking tears that Cold as Life is still relevant. I told it's insane. I told it's, yeah, uh, and I told Colin though it's like well, I don't understand it. We still I didn't I was I mean I had never seen a band be gone for that long. Like at first, I mean I was I was trying to talk to labels or managers before they got with Dom, and thank God they got with Dom. It was the right fit for that band. Definitely seems like it is. It is. He is the. It's. Dom and them were, I am amazed by how much Dom has handled and how much he's done. I mean, when they, when he told me he was released or when they were going to do the first merch run, I definitely underestimated it. You know, I just didn't, I didn't know people would care that much still. I mean, I knew there would be tons of us that did, but you know, people's lives change and every, I, it was just awesome to watch how many, even just the young kids that. It was almost like they were like a folklore band that like, I've been waiting 20 years to see Coldest Life and now they have a chance. And I'm like, where did all these kids hear about them in the first place? You know, so podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) seriously, during seriously, social media. So so Dom is kind of one of them unsung heroes uh, uh, with this Coldest Life stuff, because, um, you know, I made that deal for the vinyl with Dom. And uh, like I said, Roy, myself, and the Beast were doing new new things, and we had no plans on doing Cold as Life. We we did this deal with the vinyl, and then and then the like I said, those offers really started coming in, and the frequency and and how much merch you're. I mean, well, we got another one dropping at the end of the month. We remixed and remastered a Declination record. Um, Taylor Young at Audio Siege in California remixed, remastered it, and it. Sounds it really good, and it's coming out the twenty second. Yeah, with another merch drop. So, so that Dom, is Dom like... has been one of the best business decisions made with Cold as Life, and shout out to Dom. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a great guy, and uh, it's a relationship. Had... Even if this ended tomorrow, it's a relationship I'll keep for the rest of my life. Yeah, they, he's definitely you know, he, he is. He's a friend, not just yes. a partner. Or a... Cool man, and. and he... You're obviously happy with the choice you made because there's a lot of people who will just do as little as possible for maximum profit and output. You know? And that is not yeah, like Dom. It's no. the same as me. Like I kind of feel like they, I guess because they're he's... birds of a feather right here. Mm-hmm. They're Dom mm-hmm. because they care well, and they build relationships, not business deals. And but, I think you can. Jeff's really good at I think figuring that out right away. Who's in it for the long haul? Or who's just in it to fluff is whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people like that, mm-hmm. you know, that are just, they, they somehow were attached to the name or, or your name in general. And it's like, oh, you were relevant, but like, so now you're coming back around because of this is happening. Right. We see people like that, but it's. It is what it is, you know. You just gotta fucking he, say, "Yeah, good to see you." <laughs> well, and so, like Ramon mentioned earlier, people get older, people mature, people uh, responsibilities list grow, and mm-hmm. it's not as easy to get to a show for somebody my age, somebody 
our age um, as it would be to a 20 or a 30-something year old. Mm-hmm. Or like one with a boot. Yeah, we both had surgeries on our feet and ankles, and it's been, her dad just had triple bypass, our, my stepdaughter, her daughter just had tonsils and adenoids removed, so I, I wanted It was to an interesting August. What's that? It was an interesting August, to <laughs> say the to least. To say the least, the summer was crazy. <laughs> but, but yeah, people, What my point was is people mature and people grow and their responsibilities grow, and it's hard for them to get to show, so, but there's a, a nostalgia attached to certain bands that when they do come around if they're if they do come around they they want to come so they might not make every show but the shows that they come to their hearts in it for the right reason and that's something i've learned from this one i i never had a lot of competition when i was young doing this and every guy that wanted to do it wanted to do it with me like chris holland or mike or or Jeff Sanchez or Chris Beer, we all found a way to work together. So it was different then. Now, with everyone competing, there are so many venues. Because so many people were hit hard during COVID, stuff had to, you know, they had to worry about themselves. They didn't, they couldn't worry about every promoter out there. But he, it's, I feel like I'm the one that has a harder time letting go of some of the things that have aggravated me along the way but he reminds you know he puts me in check and reminds me that it's just not worth it the good stuff is so much better you know it is there's a lot to look forward to no point looking behind anymore you know there's just so much more that is in the future that is more positive than a couple headaches 10 20 years ago there's there's things that are out of our control that should not weigh on our shoulders or create an argument or stress there's just things that we don't have any control over and then there's things that we do you work hard for the things that you have control over and you fucking let go of the shit that you don't at the end of the day holy shit we're all gonna be so happy in that room with the lineup that is playing on the set you know what i mean like to have that many close friends that gives me goosebumps you know it is every one of those bands are personal friends Mm -hmm. that we've had for for decades, friendships. Yes. You know, even the Madball, we did their uh, mm-hmm. their set. We talked about that. Me and Taylor talked about that. But we did their set it off record release. Right? That's so crazy. Ninety four, ninety six, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I don't and, know. But now they're coming. It's like like full circle things are happening, and I and I love it. You know, I love that. Um, her and I have been people that can maintain relationships for for decades for for life really because we're not down to fuck nobody and they're not down you know what i mean like calls the like and this these are brothers with that list right there we're are all personal friends yeah like there's like nobody on that show that we're not no they're all it's all friends yeah yeah all family damn that's gonna be fucking good yeah um let me ask you this you don't have to uh answer if it it wouldn't make any sense is there any bands that you guys they tried to get on that just couldn't make it happen that that people would we, be like oh, a little bummed out about. We really can. I, go ahead. We really tried, and I used to book. When, I booked Hundred Demons for a while oh, when I was fuck. booking. When I was doing tour booking, mm-hmm. and um, we really tried to get them. Pete uh, just had neck surgery, and they're. I mean, they're one of those logistic bands right. too. Mm-hmm. They're in and different yeah, parts like, of the country, and yeah. it's Pete just had neck surgery, and. Was it was no, like, you know, they were really willing to 
work with. It was no no issues. Do, yeah, just, just logistics, yeah, whatever. Dates and life. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. Damn that. Yeah, that would have really, really been a right? cherry on top. Yeah. Well, we, 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 I would have let. So we all had a conversation too while we were getting all these bands confirmed. But we, I wanted to get Ice Pick. And he, but, yeah. but, but, but we, we tried. We did. We tried, but yeah. it wasn't happening. But, Jamie's too busy and with Hatebreed. Yeah. But Ice Pick would have been a, one of my favorites. That'd been on there. Fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you had him blowing people away. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck, because real recognize real and shit. But, 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 <laughs> I guess but, maybe but, there's but, a few of them that we should. I, I haven't even reached out to them to do it yet. Well, when we announce for this December 30th show, it, it it's going to be good. It's yeah, be good. it's come. It's it's hard now after that this lineup. That oh my goodness, that line. To, it's killer, yeah, man. It's, it's so fucking good. Killer. It's such a good price too for anybody who's not sold on it. Like it was, it was fifty. I think when now it's like maybe sixty now because right. whatever. Like still, and it's hopefully close to selling out at this point. If anybody it's, is not sold on it, you got like fucking three weeks. Yes, like, it's, it's really it's, close. The tickets are moving for uh-huh. sure. I yeah. think the I think it, I saw some kind of post that said the main floor was sold out, but woo. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, with you, that's uh, this that's girl's cool. world and Jimmy and Curtis's world. All right, it's been it's definitely been moving faster as we get closer to the day. I nice. think people are realizing a lot of people uh, don't sit on it yeah. anymore. Let me ask you this, Jeff. It's for you only. <laughs> with you going to tie down, seeing a sold out Russell Industrial Center, you got to play last October seventh. How you feeling about it? Like you just fucking ready to go? You yeah, you just man, fucking man. pumped? Man. Well, these bands that we're playing with, they're all A list hardcore bands. Yeah, it's right? a headliner they're, fucking they're, row, man. I, right, right. They're and they're on tour sometimes two hundred and fifty days a year. So when we first agreed to do this. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little nervous. I was like, "We gotta play after these motherfuckers." <laughs> but now I'm a little nervous for them because it's been sounding good and we're we're coming together. And you yeah. never let and, his nerves show. And, and <laughs> also, too, they're these are all my brothers and sisters, and you know they're family to me. And the hardcore community, this culture is these are my people. So I don't have any kind of nervous ticks or. I love it, man. He's That's been, what I was hoping to hear, man. He's man. been talking good. about picking everybody in the front of the stage. Oh yeah. You know, people are going to lose teeth, dude. Yeah, I'm telling dude. you, people he are going to lose teeth. Had tied down. It's going to be beautiful. Baby put me in the corner. Yeah. Some, the comedian guy that I'm the am, animal. animal something. Um, I don't know his name, but I know yeah. who he is. And, I was like, Jeff, you cannot stage dive. It wasn't that I cared if he stage dove. It was just that he had his he had his toe surgery scheduled. So oh I was yeah, like, yeah. Let's not break anything. So instead, he started breaking and stomping on the stage behind trapped yeah. under ice. And the guy was like, Ramona, let him stage dive. And he looked over and he was like, Nobody put the baby in the corner. <laughs> so he still so every time I try to say something to him, like. We gotta do. Nobody tells baby what to do. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, I just really hope all these fucking big talkers step the fuck up and prove what they're about. You know, I love Cold as Life. They're the hardest band. Are you fucking hard enough right. to mosh for Cold as Life? I hope and show they. how tough you really are. Because look, if there's any one person in Detroit hardcore that's standing on the stage that's under fifty years old. 
is a fucking poser right, if they're not right. moshing. Hey, I won't be able to mosh. I like sure. I like that. Call, yeah. call all these guys. Call out. them out if yeah, you're not fucking punching people or fucking swinging a sack full of fucking <laughs> rocks or something. <laughs> you ain't shit. And you never liked cold as life. Fuck you. Because right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to sit back there somewhere. That's understandable. Uh, you are handicapped. I know. I have this, <laughs> I have the sign now. Oh gosh. Mentally. Uh, yeah. I think Believe, we all I mean, are, we man. Have to, you have to we, be mentally we, we talked about this handicapped the other day. to do this We're for all this a little long. special to be in this fucking industry. Yeah, you, you have to be an outcast or a fucking Something. retard. Oh, I said it. I said uh, it. Uh, Matt, <laughs> my old boss from New York when I worked for Ellis Industries was Matt Galley, and he booked um, My Chemical Romance and Taking Back Sunday, and he always used started to say. with Hatebreed. Yeah, he started with Hatebreed with Matt Pike and the Kenmore Agency. Oh, shit. And they actually asked me to, Pike asked me to work for him after I decided I wanted to come home. I hated New York. It wasn't my favorite. I didn't hate it. I just didn't get time to enjoy it, I guess. I don't, I, don't, I didn't know New York. But he, he looked at me when I came to work for the first day, and we worked in Warner Brothers Records Building in Times Square, and he said, I said something like, I don't, I'm all over the place. And I, you know, he's like, well... You'll fit in just fine here. You either have to have ADD or OCD or a little bit of both to make every band happy, mm. you know? And that's how you juggle the crazy. Yeah. Hey, and, uh, I mean, with this thing happening, it's like everybody's kind of unsure. I've seen where it said the return of Cold is Life or Cold is Life reunion. What would you call it? We're just doing one show at a time I, right now, I, see what I, happens. I call it a coldest life show for now. All right. Yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah. I like to hear. A yeah. coldest life show. We're we're talking we're we're talking. Yeah. You will get there. Yep. Yeah. Dude. It's gonna be fucking weird. Cause like it's like you were already done with coldest life. You were in Ramallah when I started going to shows and like, hey Inc. was still around. Um so like I missed that whole era. I've seen a couple different Versions, versions of Cold as Life, a couple yeah, yeah. cover bands. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you, know, you know, it was cool to hear those songs live, but, you know, uh, considering the lore and the myths and the legends of the Cold as Life shows from the early to late 90s, early 2000s, it's just finally, dude, like, I never thought it'd happen. It's. I don't know if you thought it would fucking happen. I, I never was sure. I, like I said, there was a time in my life where I never wanted to have anything to do with it. But I didn't. I said the same. I never wanted to do another show, just because it got to where so many people were fighting over stuff. Yeah, and it's hard sometimes to keep everybody happy. And that was the way I liked to do it. You know. Well, if you just look at the facts of the band, like, well, how many things can fucking go wrong? You know, a lot, a lot going on for a lot of years. You right. know, it's well, like Murphy's Law. What can go wrong will go wrong. You know, <laughs> right. it's like shit. But, uh, hey. I love Jimmy. I would like to get her mom. Uh, that'd be so good. I they're, thought. They were playing, I think, the day after the oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, the smalls. day before or Do you know what I thought? I thought of this like a month ago. I thought it'd be cool. But uh, I didn't even bring it up. It wouldn't have made sense. I thought it'd been cool to do like a, like a pre-show the day before. That's what I, I thought about that when I saw the small thing. These are the bands that I thought would have been cool. I only have two that would have made sense to me. Is a Scarhead and Murphy's Law or Crown of Thorns. That would have been cool to have that like a smaller venue. Those. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Throw them on. Yeah. But just. Yeah. What? What? Enough. 
Okay. <laughs> just still, we're, we're trying we're to keep our cards. Well, we have a lot of chess sure. for now. We're still now. working on so much offers and all that. The logistics. Hey, of it. we'll save that for for another the time. Next, It'll come out when appropriate. But you know, because there's uh, two parts of this thing. Um, you know, we covered. You know, fucking Ramona side. And finally, we're, I'm trying to do this with you for. Since I started, like, you've always been. The I'm porn. sorry. Was, no, no, no. Life, life, life happens. There's so many people that I'm like, I'm super close to that still haven't or we're working on, and it's just, you know, I've been doing almost three years, and I just, I just broke fifty episodes. So some people do like one a week, you know, two a week, and I'm like, like hopefully one a month, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who do you got coming up? Who do I got coming up? Yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully, I have a couple people locked in leading up to this uh, coldest life thing. It's uh, and they might even come out before this. Who knows? So we'll just talk about it. who gives a fuck. Uh, you guys got me hooked up with Freddie Madball, which is uh, a fucking, you know, it's like seriously, coldest life and Madball are like fucking neck and neck for me, as in like all time favorite bands. So that, thanks, buddy. Yeah, is, of course, man. Uh, that's such a another friend one though too like everything we did with freddie has been nothing but a loyal mm-hmm. loyal to his promote lo- loyal to me loyal to these guys i knew freddie when freddie was a teenager that's so crazy yeah we sang fragnostic really funk nice. at one tour <laughs> right yeah yeah AF is another one of those bands it's yeah. always been very loyal and really just good guys mm-hmm. you know? yeah that was another one i was uh I'm surprised that wasn't on it. Well, I assume, yeah, like, like that'd probably be a possibility, you know, to either have on or the pre-show. I thought that'd be fucking cool, but, you know, live logistics. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not good enough anymore. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Oh, no, I'm just talking shit, yeah, man. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, like, who wouldn't jump on it without without so, without something better to do, you know? So, so what the fuck do you got better? Okay, you have a tour in Europe or something? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, right. well, that's probably better, you know? <laughs> right, right. But not much. Uh, but, yeah, but then also... Uh, Aaron from fucking Death Threat, and we having him on. We have a date planned. I am um, so excited 24th, to see them, too. 24th, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I'm happy that you guys finally yeah. worked that out. Finally, yeah, because we had a date like back in March. We were supposed to do one for Death Threat's uh, 25-year anniversary. Uh, we were going to hang out or you know, do a podcast, and then I was supposed to fucking... And I was going to bring my shit to Connecticut, and then that just... Kind of felt he's so fucking busy that weekend, you know. So, oh yeah, he said he opened. Is that he opened he's got up a, a pizzeria? pizzeria. Yeah, and, and he had a big show out there, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah two nights they played. Oh yeah, 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 the old and new. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. The first night was with uh, uh, One Hundred Demons and some other uh, Dead Wrong, another CTHC band, and then uh, the next night was with somebody who's on the show, the fucking Mind Force. So, it's, so they're tight. They are. Mind Force is really good, yeah. and they're gonna fucking, yeah, dude, rock that place. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's all just heavy hitter headliners on this show, and then some really cool fucking local bands. Yes, sir. And some that haven't got the love that they fucking deserve, and they're finally gonna mm-hmm. be in a position to where they're exposed to a little more than what they've been. Well, I hope that they get the doors open and people in early enough to catch the earlier well, local bands because that, yeah, work yeah, because that would be a shame to, to have these guys on a stage with a thousand plus people outside trying to get in and not even be able to get in and time to see them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know they kind of had a tied down. They they kind of had figured out the second day of it's all trial and error, I suppose. Yeah. At that fucking yeah. at that level of. 
of capacity, which they, you know, as long as they follow the same model they did the second day, a lot of people got in, you know, and on time for the first band to start. Perfect. And we might yeah. have a little bit more, it might be a little more checking and frisking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there may well, there, be. There, have, there probably has to be added security, mm -hmm. like maybe just even metal detectors, just because of, uh, you know what That's I mean? That's because of the way... It's been in the past. Sure. Just to be easy. Yeah, you know, safe. you know. But I think the scene is different too now. It's I agree. not back then it was like <laughs> Jesse mentioned the other day, he's like the first time I went to a cold his life show, like he said, I looked around and he said, what the fuck? Was there a prison break? <laughs> because of the people that would come to the show back then were kind of monsters. That's what I thought. I remember a labyrinth show when I, when I was working for you guys, but I didn't really know anybody, but the girls that were your guys' girlfriends or friends and I was with them and. It looked like a bunch of people that just got out of jail. And, yeah. And I was red. Well, that's what attracts some people. That's what attracted me. I was like, holy fuck. Well, yeah. I, this is so, so scary, but yeah. I love it. So punk rock and hardcore, even metal, right? There was a, a danger element to it that attracts people. It's mm -hmm. what attracted me well, to that, this genre of music. That's still mm -hmm. the same. We all loved Alvin's. It's like how you mm -hmm. love Edgemen now. We loved Alvin's because we policed ourselves. Even the magic stick for a long time let us police ourselves. Mm -hmm. They let me tell the security, if you leave them alone, we will not have fights. And that it all, you know, it changes. And Edgeman is like, these guys do it because they love it. And they're, it's not, it's not, you police yourself and you take care of the bands. And he loves watching that. We all, we love going there because it is that doing it for the right reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Doing and, it on and, your own, you know, DIY mentality. Yeah, and honestly, the past, I can't even count how many years, I haven't felt, you know, uneasy or, like, have your head on a swivel in, in a long time. You know, it's not like that. Well, October 7th will be. It fucking better be. It better oh, be. Let me remind you it guys be. that you better be paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> My own. No, I, I hope the kids have fun, man. Yeah. I hope, I hope they, we introduce ourselves to them, and I hope they respond in a way that's nothing but what I see Detroit's music scene as right now because it's yeah. young it's vibrant it's healthy it's diverse it's um it's it's a healthy fucking place now it's yes a, so i hope that i didn't i, I didn't I, necessarily like people getting stabbed or clubbed <laughs> or robbed i hope you, know you know didn't I mean? love it, it would always happen right and it was that danger element that attracted us to it but people got hurt it's not got, great people no, got killed and yeah. that's and, what i was gonna i was gonna say i there are so many bands that got to see the the dirtier side of some of the people that were with Coldest Life. And I think it'd be, I would love for them to get to see the other side because I am friends with a lot that have seen some bad mm -hmm. and they all have grown up and changed so much. You know, there's still, a few all right, here we are. But other I just want to say, awesome. thanks to everybody for mm -hmm. allowing me to come in and, uh, they have your be the fucking practice session. Life yeah. Definitely yeah. A treat. Um, <laughs> well, shit, man. I guess I never thought it would ever say this is, uh, that, you know, looking up to the first half of the episode, scene. and I'll tag no, on the other one not with the rest guy, of the people who join in on this is like fucking cool, cool conversation. Um, you know, we can just introduce the band on the next part, we'll go out the same time. Craig Holloway and Jesse Haight, two old school. Detroit hardcore people doing fucking uh, obviously Holloway. Everyone knows your artwork. Um, cool, cool. Do you want to maybe elaborate on how you got into the hardcore scene and you know the whole coldest life shit and doing artwork and? Um, sure. I uh, ended up you know getting the mixtapes. You know when you're a skater in high school, 
and then you find these bands and it's kind of flips your wig a little bit. So you start doing the deep digging, you go to the record stores. Popular one was like Sam's Jams, uh, Rock of Ages. And you don't really know who's who, but you pick up the album cover and you get inspired by the artwork or you flip it over and you see what the band members look like and if they got cool shirts on or they special things to certain bands. You grab that, you take it home and it's an adventure. Um, so I've been, you know, I kind of got the bug in high school when I was young. As soon as I got my driver's license, I started hitting up shows, you know, going down to the Greystone, and uh, just couldn't couldn't get it out of my system. I'd just go to the venue and not knowing who was playing, and just to ask what I'm paying, who am I paying for tonight? Who's here? Oh, Beyond Possession, kick ass. Uh, so that's kind of a thing, you know. I just kind of like spent a lot of time doing that, and then it eventually inspired me to pick up the bass with your buddy in high school, and you start a band. Um, that's kind of how I ran into Jeff. Uh, I was playing at a show, I think it was either Canton or Plymouth, it was a house party. And uh, it, was, it, was a while, it was a while ago, I'd say it's probably like maybe 87, 88. And uh, we were, our band was playing, this hardcore punk. And then Ron was there, and there wasn't a lot of people paying attention to us, but for some reason he was. And I already knew who Ron was, so he's always, there's always a tension in the air when he's in the room. And uh, we played a song, and uh, he's like, I like that one, play that one again. It's like, what? All right, I guess. <coughs> We're not gonna say no. So we played it again, and then after we got done playing, Jeff and Roy were in the back and they were hanging out, and at the time I think they were called the Mattress Rats. And uh, they were talking about, you know, maybe jamming. And uh, I had seen a Cold as Life poster at uh, Blondie's, it was the old skull ones with the, uh, the vine work. And I said, oh, that's pretty badass. And then uh, they asked me to play. The original guy was Rob Parmenter, and he's a super cool guy. Uh, for some reason, he, he handed over the torch to me and uh, started jamming with them. And we had a lot of great shows and a lot of scary shows. So pretty exciting stuff. I mean, especially when you're young and going to hardcore shows, you never know what's going to happen. And so from there, I just jammed with them for it was probably a couple years. We did the demo. We did the Breaking the Law demo. I did. Started doing flower flowers for the um, the shows, and uh, they found out that I could draw, which is a bonus. And they're like, "Hey, you gotta get a, a tattoo machine." So, because every time we go to practice back in the '80s, these guys would come with new ink. I mean, it wasn't common to see neck tattoos back there. <laughs> we would show up with a, a whole neck tattoo. It was it was a pretty exciting time for me. Um, and then just kind of like. I don't know. I'm talking too much. Why don't you say something? Not talking too much. There's a lot to your story, man. I'm a drawer. I don't. I'm not good with the words. Yeah. Well, shit. You're obviously talented, man. You've been around a long time, and thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks again. Um. Fuck. I don't know. We move on to for Jesse. Right, Jesse. Hate. I know you've been around. You're a very talented drummer. Yeah, I've been on hiatus for a while, but yeah, I, I used to play a lot of shows back in the day and other bands and whatnot. My story about getting in Cold as Life is Jeff called me three months ago, and that's it. <laughs> it's not as long as his. That's it. That's how uh, I got in. Y'all just know each other, though. You <laughs> no, I've known Jeff for... Shows. Yeah, I've known Jeff since, fuck, early, well, early 2000s. We played in uh, Hate Inc. for a while together before he skipped out and went to play with Ramallah. And then he stole me from that, stole me away from Hate Inc. And I went and played in that band for two years about before that came crumbling to an end. And, you know, other than that, that was about the end of it for me for a while, I, for playing live. I mean, I haven't really, I haven't really played a show since about 2011, 2012, something like that. So it's been over 10 years since I played live. 
Fuck, have you been in any other bands that's hate? Yeah, I, I do some death metal projects on the side, too, and I, I played in a punk band for a while, which we did do two shows called Super Good at Party <laughs> with Big Joey Robertson and a few other guys. But, uh, yeah, total, totally. He, he uh, But that was nothing. That was just more or less for fun, we, you know what I mean? But that was literally the last show I played. It was, like, 2012 with that band. And... Uh, yeah, just rec- been recording on the you know on the side and stuff since, but yeah, haven't played live since then. So it'll be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be funny. Looking forward to playing for, in front of a. Giant I don't know how I'm gonna crowd, feel. Like dude. yeah, it's it's you know it's not like we're playing at uh, the Token Lounge in front of 50 people. You know to start out here, it's it's a big deal and yeah, it's gonna be fun though. Yeah. I'm ready. A lot of heavy hitters we get yeah. here that night. Yeah, sure. man, a lot of your guys' old friends for the longest time and uh, just. Them coming around in the early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, especially fucking Madball, shit like that. It's just, it's gotta be pretty weird, like, to come full circle again and be part of something so huge and, you know, special, man. Everyone's looking forward to it. Which is ironic because the band that I was in at the time that Ron told us to play a song and was called Full Circle. <laughs> Damn, well, there you go. It, weird. it just makes sense. Um, I don't know, anything else? Uh, Oh, Craig, do you still do illustrations and stuff I do. like that? I do. I kind of got uh, lucky. My wife, uh, Rose, she, I remember we were, I, just, I had moved to Texas. I moved from Detroit to California, lived in California for 10 years, then moved to Texas because California was getting crazy. Everybody knows why. But it was the driving back and forth was just insane for me and my job. And she went to the University of Texas, so she had family there. So I was like, okay, let's go. And we're just sitting in our brand new house, which is pretty exciting. For us at the time and she's like hey why don't you start on myspace page and i'm like myspace what am i going to do that for she goes oh you can like find bands and stuff like that i go really i go okay and she's like trying to test me i'm like i'm not into it she's like okay well give me a couple of band names and let's see if there's some bands and i go okay uh, leeway crumb suckers bam there they are like, okay maybe i'll start on myspace page and then i started getting contact for artwork which is cool uh i did a couple flyers for beast and hate inc and uh, he, he asked me, he goes, hey, can you do a show, uh, flyer for our CB show? And I'm like, sure, uh, who's going to pass these flyers out, you know? He's like, yeah, put on the internet, asshole. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So I figured that out. So I started yeah, drawing. Asshole. And then once they got on the, the web, people <laughs> started hitting me up. And then next thing you know, uh, Roger called me for AF, and I got to do the Warriors. And I've <clears> done a lot of work for different bands. I've done, I'm going to leave a bunch out, but... Marauder, Elm Cover, Nuclear Assault, Elm Cover, Coxbar, a couple t-shirt designs, AF, NA, um, just a lot. I'm really grateful for that, too. So I really love to do it. It doesn't pay all that great, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> Felix? Oh, uh, when I was living in Texas, I uh, got in a band with Felix Griffin, uh, DRI fame, great guy. The band was excellent, I thought. Uh, we went to Europe and we toured, and it was like a thrash band. Um, and then just we had our problems as far as you know, motivation. Some of the members and it kind of slowed down and came to a screeching halt, like a lot of bands do, unfortunately. And I continued to jam with a guitar player. Uh, we called him Slaytoven, but uh, unfortunately he's no longer with us, and that kind of took um, some of the uh, you know interest in music out of my sails for a little while until Jeff reached out and asked me to participate in this fantastic show, and I'm super grateful for that. Some might say it's a midlife crisis. I won't, because I feel like I'm still 20 years old, but hey, what can you do? I'm tired. 
but but it's got to be fucking crazy to to be part of something so it's funny so now just to be here like and it's gonna be over so soon once it shows up it's gonna be fucking gone i think the anticipation is more it's gonna be more fun and more exciting than the actual night sometimes you know what i'm saying i was actually just going through some pictures the other day from my grandma that just passed away a month or so ago but we were going through some pictures and i found one she had of me of, of like I, I got to be 16 or something in high school, and I got a Born to Land hard shirt on. I'm like, oh, how ironic that I'm wearing that right now. But, yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, I mean, I didn't know how to feel when Jeff called me at first. Honestly, I was, like, surprised, uh, excited, nervous. But now that we've been doing it for, shit, what, three and a half months now about, it's, it's, it feels like it did fucking 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you're well adjusted. To yeah, it just took it just took a little adjustment to get back. I haven't played in like a live band setting in forever. You know what I mean? Like recording in live is com- com- two different stories. So, yeah, it took a bit of an adjustment, just ears, you know, getting used to the sounds down here and everything. But I think we're rolling pretty good. Yeah, I think it'll translate pretty well to the grand stage. I mean, I suck and I'll always suck at drums, but it's... I didn't hear anything that yeah. sucks. <laughs> That's a bunch of bullshit to me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Move on, you guys. You know, we talk to you. Yeah. We talk to you. Yeah, whatever. We switch out, people. John. Oh, you know what? Like, can I give another shout out real sure. quick to my? I'll I wanted to give a shout out to my boys and dogs of war that were on here. A few, you know, they they played a release show. I used I played drums in that band for a long time too, and they just played a release show last weekend. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go because it was on a Sunday, but I hope everything went good for that and people went out and. We love dogs of war. Yeah, so I've seen them on here before and. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> shout out to my boys, and Enzo fun. and Jake and Sant and all them. I'm gonna shout out Ricochet guys. They're always uh, good guys. Help me out. I appreciate that. They're a former band that I was into. Don't want to leave them out. Unfortunately, we they can't play uh, Black Christmas this year, but maybe next year. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, you just said See? it. Well, everybody knows. Well, He's just lying. Nobody believes him. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we got John here and Sub Matt Ron. Martin, fucking longtime Detroit hardcore metal. Uh, Good to be back People, in the terror yeah. zone. Yeah. Except it's not the speakeasy in your house. No, it's not. Like it's the a picture of Reba. <laughs> oh yeah, that's your member. Reba. <laughs> yeah, McIntyre. I was staring at it for like ten minutes. Out of all the cool shit, right? It, that's definitely not on the wall anymore. It's Damn. moved to an actual, it'd be like a, a memorial of yeah. hardcore. Yeah, it's, it on, on it's on my ceiling, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, John, you were one of the first ones to ever do my podcast. I think it was maybe uh, the second or third episode. Uh, yeah. We're just recapping that, how I forgot to record. Well, I don't forget to record. No audio came out the first time. Yeah. I had to come back and do it. That hey, was, it was my first podcast. What so. a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I felt so dumb, but... Oh, yeah. No it worries, happens. Technical difficulties. Yeah, 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 definitely, big time. But it's recording today, so this is good. Um, check, check. Then, uh, so John, what? Um, you can just give a short recap of all the bands you've been in, and maybe how you've come into contact with uh, Coldest Life or Jeff or anybody involved in following the band, so, and then also being asked to play. As I mean, as a kid, same story as all these guys. You know, you're skateboarder listening to metal. You just get handed music, and you're looking through, trying to dig through and find more. A buddy of mine, he he said, uh, you like Sheer Terror? You'll like this band, Cold as Life. And he he handed me this demo cassette. He wouldn't let me borrow it, though. But we listened to it, and I was like, it it just was so different than anything that I had heard led up to that. 
um, and you couldn't get their music. It was impossible. Like, you know, there wasn't downloading back then, and no one would borrow you their cassette because, you know, nobody had copies. Um, so that was my first introduction to Cold as Life. But you'd see their flyers on all these shows, and I was too young to get into a lot of the venues. They were always 18 and over, it seemed. But um, the first time seeing them was at the Ritz. And uh, I remember walking in, it was to see Malevolent Creations and saw in the flyer that they're playing. And I was like, oh, fuck, finally I'll get to see this band. And I remember Dougie Toms walks on stage, grabs a mic. He's like, I represent Cold as Life. And they just fucking came out. And I was like, this is the evilest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like Jeff was singing and playing guitar. So it was different than the demo I'd heard. The demo was with... with um, Ron singing, so yeah. So that that was my first time seeing them. But I would move away to Iowa and start bands there. And if you, well, let me say this. If you had a Cold as Life CD, you probably got it from me. Because I got in contact with a couple people that, that knew, um, you know, Mike Cools and Jeff. And so I, I hooked up you know, when I came back home and just got a bunch of CDs and I had a big distro. So I would sell CDs at our shows. And so, but I, I was like, have you ever heard of Cold as Life? And people from Iowa were like, who? And I'd just be like, you have to listen to this CD. So if you had a CD in Iowa, probably got it from me. So, but um, I would book a couple shows for them. Uh, a couple years later, my band played with them a few shows, one in Illinois, one in Iowa. And yeah, that was it, man. That was, you know, first time getting to know them. They stayed at my house, you know, a couple days. You know, it was cool. Yeah. So that that that's how, you know, my introduction to Cold as Life. So, but I, I pushed them so hard in Iowa because to me it was like they, people just didn't know, you know, Cold as Life. Um, you know, it wasn't easy to get their music until Born to Land Hard came out. And I was just like, yeah cool man well you matt how'd you get into uh you had a quick rundown of how you got into like hardcore or metal you're more of a metal a, guy well, yeah you? definitely yeah. more of a metal yeah. guy but bye matt bye love you see you jesse <laughs> must be nice <laughs> he kissed him on the camera <laughs> forever everyone's gonna see it I'm he kissed glad you didn't do that <laughs> all right well, so yeah i'm definitely more of a metal guy but i it's the same type of thing, you know what I mean? You look at the thank yous on the albums. I, you know, Sepultura would be wearing, like, you know, agnostic front shirts. And, you know, you just check into what uh, what other bands that you like are into. And I was pretty young. I was, like, probably 14 jamming with this dude who was, like, 21. And he loved Cold His Life. And that was his, you know, he put me on to him. Fucking, and that's it. It's the craziest, you know, it's heavy on a different level than like a lot of hardcore. So Cold is like like resonates with me. It feels like you know. It's your shit. It's my shit. It's your shit. That, you know? when Born to Land Hard came out, I didn't even have a CD player. So I had to have my buddy like record a copy on a cassette so I could listen to it and I only listened into my car and I it didn't leave it for like months. But I remember when I actually listened to the CD, I was like, oh, there's more songs on this CD. Well, the tape, you know, it only recorded 30 minutes of music and the record was longer than that. So it cut off like a couple songs at the end. So I was like, oh shit, discovering like new songs on the record. 
You know, is that not on on cassette ever actually recorded? Borderland Hard? No. No, never. <laughs> no, it was never. So you had an original fucking uh, cassette. I, I had a friend make shit. me a cassette because I had no way to listen bootleg. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I, I didn't I sell it. I had some bootleg versions of Cold as Life as well. <laughs> not from Rick to Life, though, right? Mm. Yeah. Never. Never. <laughs> fucking A. So, um, I'm like being asked to be in the band, uh, How'd that feel to you? Did you uh, did you understand the magnitude of the comeback and all that shit, John? I mean, I bought a ticket for the show. I was <laughs> like, the day they went on sale, I was like, yep, yeah, bought. You know, um, it, it, you know, Jeff had had messaged me and said, hey, let's have a conversation, and you know, it, it it took me like a little bit of thinking about it to be like stoked about doing it because at first I was a little, you know kind of unsure like you know if I was going to do it but it had nothing to do with abilities or anything it was more like wait what the fuck am I thinking play guitar for cold as life for this amazing show absolutely um but I had to like sit and like kind of stew with it you know it was overwhelming at first you know and Jeff's like hey you know and, and Matt can probably tell the story better than me because we've played in bands together, and I feel like Matt, I've I've always loved playing in bands with him. He's an amazing guitar player, much better than me. But you know, I always felt like we had a good vibe, chemistry. So I think that's what Jeff was looking for. Was look, we want to bring another guitar player on. So you know. Come by, check it out, see if it works, you know, what the vibe's like. Um, and so that that's really all it took was just showing up and just letting my guitar ring out. And I was, I was sold. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, definitely that um, feedback sounds uh, pretty familiar when you guys are playing down yeah. here and fucking oh, yeah. getting the goosebumps, man. Just hearing the foot ringing out. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. it's fucking real. That shit's exciting. And, and Matt, you've... Uh, you were in a version before, but uh, being asked to uh, be in this one, is it a different level? Do you feel a little different about it? or is it's it, Yeah, definitely. There's a different uh, weight to it, like you said, you know. Uh, and I know that, you know, Jeff's singing. Everybody's excited for it. I'm excited for it. Same deal. Like, as a fan, I was like, hell yeah. And, I'm, you know, I was, you know, if I'm not playing, I'm going, you know. But no I got, you know, the call from Craig. Craig hit me up and said, hey, man, you know, mind, let's get together, have some drinks, you know, and then I kind of had a feeling, I had a feeling about it anyways, like, um, you know, and you know, I'm, I was pleasantly surprised that I was right, me and Craig had some drinks, and he asked me to come jam, and we, same deal, come in, jam, me and Jeff, and Jesse, and uh, we all just locked in right away, it was fun, you know what I mean, looking at each other, getting the feedback, and just like, nasty you know what I mean Hell as soon yeah. as you you know link that in it's just like and you, you gotta think too like Jeff's older than us you know it, <laughs> not significantly older but you know we looked up to him I did growing up I mean nobody had a voice like Jeff so to me it was like you know you're getting asked to play with a band that to me in my top 10 bands of all time, not just hardcore metal. I mean, right. top 10 records of all time is Born to Land Hard. Mm -hmm. So to, to play, you know, with Jeff singing is, it's amazing. Matt, 
you know, was in another version of Cold as Life. Um, I was fortunate to play bass for a couple of shows to fill in for Craig. And, and it was cool, man, playing those songs, you know, the, uh, the music. I mean, it's just a different level when, you know, Jeff's singing. It's just that, you know, that's what I grew up with. So definitely looking forward to it all, man. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we covered a lot uh, in a short time, which is fine with me. Uh, we got your little bios in there, a little history about everybody. Uh, that's I mean, kind of what I was looking for, kind of introduce everybody as a band together, and this will go on a second part of one I recorded previously with Jeff and Ramona. Yeah. So I feel like I'm probably, you know, boring, but... Not boring, man. Yeah, it's no, cool. I mean, I mean you are a fucking part of history well, with, with this comeback, man. That's a big... And, Big deal. And the the one thing too, I don't know if anybody's mentioned it. Not only is Jeff singing, he's playing guitar too. So there is a wall of guitars. This is going to be heavy, loud. I mean, there's layers, and and that was the point of bringing me in because Matt and Jeff can easily do the band without me. They just wanted to bring in another element, just another layer to kind of oh, yeah. thicken it up. Thicken it up when it's you know hanging back adding extra layers of feedback, making sure we're getting the eerie vibe that you, you know, when you have it on record, you can layer stuff and make it, you know, you can have three, four different feedbacks going and give you, you know, har harmonics and different things that tickle your ear. But live, it's two guitar players, one's playing the riff, there's one single tone. And that's cool, you can pull it off, but you add an extra one in there and now it's, it's evil, you know? Like magical. So instead of just kicking people in the mosh pit oh, we gotta kick people playing guitar That's right. so yeah. i'm just kidding i probably wouldn't mosh but you are required <laughs> to mosh if you're not in a band yeah that's uh that's uh there's gonna be a lot of it that's the theme if you're yeah. under 50 and from detroit if you're not moshing go fuck yourself yep. <laughs> that's it you're a fucking poser take off your coldest life shirt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or hating shirt whatever you're wearing that day but yeah i mean appreciate you guys we can just wrap up that and uh I'll throw it all together. Cool. Thanks again. I Thank can't you, wait man. for the show. Thank you. Appreciate it's gonna it. be great. My hair out. Well, just to see how shitty it would look. Right. You right. know, and just get the fucking horseshoe in the back for like and like three to six months. When I was in prison, I had my my homies were fucking trying to give me a hundred dollars to let my shit grow out for like two months. <laughs> I, in prison, a hundred dollars you're penitentiary rich. Right? Oh shit. Yeah, and but I still wouldn't do it. No, no, you look like a pathetic asshole. Right, right, right. Like a chump. Like <laughs> oh yeah, you get stabbed real fast for looking dumb. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, this is just wrapping up the end of. This little session we had after the practice. I just want to thank you again for allowing me to come and. Uh, oh man, our pleasure, buddy. Dude, it's so fucking cool, and I, I'm glad over the past few years, me and you have yeah, been able to connect and become friends. I, I never thought, I never fucking thought, because I've never seen uh, Coldest Life. You're my homie, dude. You're my homie too, and uh, I've seen you in Hate Inc. and Ramallah, but still not understanding you know, your role in Detroit hardcore for the longest time, and and I didn't understand like, the impact that. You and Cold as Life has had up until I don't know, man, for less than ten years ago. Like I was always into the band, but I never really, really went deep. And then, like once you go deep, like you realize there's so much fucking like, history and chaos and just like insane shit that a lot of people wouldn't believe. And it's it's hardcore. That's the only way to fucking describe it, man. Well, it, I mean, it, it, it is. Every one of these songs were written by 
from an experience that one of us had had. Ron and I wrote all the lyrics, so you know these these are we wrote about the things that we lived and experienced and knew and hoped for and died for and fought for and you know lived for. Yeah, man, oh, it's it's someone's fucking intense, and and for you to convey any life experience, put it down on paper and into a song, that takes a real. <laughs> I don't say creative because you're obviously creative, but you gotta have a fucking mind to be able to capture those memories and put it into such like a twisted, fucking demented uh, words. Well, I think anybody is capable of it, right? But the hardest part is to start, you know, with anything, you know, a workout, you know, the hardest place is the start. Mm -hmm. But if you start putting pen to paper, you'd be surprised at what's what's in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you write about. Johnny Cash would write about a fucking maple leaf or a poplar leaf, and he'd write a whole song about a tree, you know what I mean? There's, you don't have to be some kind of gifted genius to write lyrics in a song. You just write what's real, what comes to your heart, and there's there's billions of people in this world that's going to resonate with your people. Like calls to like, deep calls to deep, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and that's all it was. It wasn't no kind of fucking genius on my end. It was just writing about experiences, about what we saw, what we hoped for. Yeah, but yeah, also what you endured and experienced. Yeah, yeah, that too. And being young, it's fucking, it's intense, and a lot of people, you know, can, can uh, relate to it, and other people, you know, I guess can imagine how fucked up it can really be, and it's, it's uh, I. I I don't know, man. I don't have any words for how cool this is going to be when you guys um, come back and play a show. We'll go from there, see if anything else happens after that. Uh, it's it's going to be an experience for a lot of people. A lot of young people have, including myself, have no idea, you know, the fucking live sound this is going to Well, I hope be. it's as good as the hype, you know what I mean? Dude. We've been working hard, and I, I, think, this, I think the team matters no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're doing. And these guys are all pros. They're all A-gamers. They're coming prepared. They're going to be out there like fucking wolves. Yeah, they're all... They're uh, all players, man. Dedicated, you know, high-level fucking uh, uh, musicians and you know, handpicked by you know, the guy himself, man. It's, what the fuck? It doesn't get much better. I couldn't, like... It's weird. Like, if you look to any other lineup, you know, if like, you know Detroit hardcore, Detroit musicians, it, it, it's like, it only makes sense for, for all these people to be a part of it. And... You know, I'm sure everybody's thrilled. They're excited. You, some people may not be, but who gives a fuck? Right. Um, it's just. Well, when we started getting offers for for shows, it was after we started pushing this vinyl with A389, and uh, and I didn't. I wanted nothing to do with it unless it was going to be OG guys, right? Um, just just for the authenticity, and you know what I mean. I wanted it to be Roy, Craig, but I mean, most of the guitar players are dead and gone, and so it's. Uh, it was hard finding like an OG lineup because there's four of them that are fucking in the ground. But uh, moving forward, I reached out to Craig because Craig was part of that OG crew. Matt has been a longtime Detroit musician. He's played with Cold as Light before when I was gone. Uh, John Music's a longtime Detroit musician and Iowa guy. Uh, and fucking Jesse, you know what I mean? I, they're they're a gamers. I'm happy with the team. I'm uh, I'm excited. I just hope it's as good as the hype, and we're, <laughs> we're gonna bring our a game. So I hope the, the the hardcore fans bring theirs. Like I said, 
if you ain't moshing and you're under 50, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's it, man. Thank God I'm over 50. <laughs> that's it. Anything, any, uh, any closing words, anything you'd like to say, any shout-outs, anything at all, Jeff? Come out. Come hang out. Celebrate. Come hang out with us. It's going to be fun. Drink beers, fucking party, get crazy. Right. And But watch out for each other, too. Watch out for each other. You can get crazy. Pick the person up if they're, uh, you know, able to stand up. <laughs> That's it. Wrap it up. Thanks, Rob.